Oh, well, I'm ready whenever you are. Brought to you by some guys on the internet. This is getting tabled. With your hosts, Jason the Bruce. You guy! George the Yang. I hope you're all entertained by my ineptitude. Jason, a.k.a. Major Socks. We've been doing this and talking about various stuff. One of the stuff. Now sit back, relax, and get tabled. Hello, future people, and welcome to episode 73 of Game Tabled with your host, The Bruce. Hello, folks. And down below us, we have Magia Socks. I think we should actually start calling you Magia and wait to see how long it is until people ask how the name Magia came along. <laughs> I'm good with it. And it's good to have you back, George. After yeah. You. Who's George? Oh, this guy. Know, some, some guy that we just picked up from last, last time. <laughs> So I, I do have a bit of a complaint with the arrangement you have with the videos. If 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 socks is below you, that's wrong because you're the one that's down under. That's not my fault. I don't choose. Oh wait, no, I do chase the layout. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of me feeding my, feeding my massive ego. So I'm on top. I'm on top and lording over the rest of you. Right. <laughs> Should we get to this uh, this lovely little newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events? So, how about that local news, eh? Um, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, to say the least. But I need to open that window. Damn it, there's gonna be a pause here. Let me do it. Anybody guess what we're gonna talk about first? Because we're talking about it just about every single time. Oh, 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 we're going to start by annoying George, I think. Right. George is going to annoy us by his dancing. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> All right. So we're starting off, unsurprisingly, with the Games Workshop side of the news. And I don't know about George, but I'm going to sit here and say that these two releases that they have coming out this week is, without question, the most lazy releases I have seen them do in probably 12 months. They've got two codexes coming out. Absolutely no minis for any of them whatsoever. And don't come at me saying that the Iron Earth Deep Clean don't need minis. It's a tiny range that definitely needs more added to it. And how is it to design one miniature? You think the Deepkin needs more miniatures? Have you? Oh, the Fire Slayers. Yeah, that was kind of my point. But the Deepkin didn't get anything last time either. So, well, so the, the only thing the Fire Slayers got was... Um, in the last since the, the the factions come out, has been the little three character set with the Rune Lord or not Rune Lord. Yeah. Um, what for the game? And then there was the Silver Towers game that had like a uh, a miniature from each faction, and they re released that many. Um, in order to get uh the I I can't remember the 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 Rune Smith. And then the two general type things with the Magma Droth, you have yeah. to buy the Magma Droth. You can't get those separately. And the little Ruinsmith, I want to say it's a Ruinsmith. I should probably look here before I run my mouth too much. Um, the only way you can get him is with the the fire the fire Drake, and he has awesome abilities. He allows you he he will tunnel underground and take an entire unit with him and burst on the ground like within two inches or 12 inches of uh, enemy uh, units. Yeah. And the only way you can get him is with the, um, the, the magma droth. 
And I just <laughs> surprise, they're out of stock online right now too. Nah, I, I'm not, I don't have a big problem with because that happens all the time, especially right now. Yeah. I just look. Don't get me wrong. I realize that this is not the first time that it's happened. I don't think we spoke about this last time that it happened. But this is. I mean, normally <coughs> people give criticism when their codex comes out and only has one hero that nobody wants coming out with it. So they're not even trying to do that anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm extremely grateful that they actually made some effort with the Eldar recently. But really, at the cost of every other army they sell, I don't know. That that's just my rant for the day. Now, I, I will say this, though. Um, I, I, I do know why they've just done this. is because two episodes ago, because I wasn't here for the last one, so it was probably the one previous to that, the box set that Games Workshop was releasing for Age of Sigmar was Fire Slayers versus Deepkin. So right. th that that is the opportunity of they're trying to shove this into this is new stuff, buy it. They should probably release the new Battle Tome so that, you know... Well, they they did announce in January that there was going to be a rush of battle times. Well, rush is my word, not theirs. Uh, they're just trying to get everything out at this stage. Um, I suspect because they're trying to get a balance going. Um, I don't know. It just seems really weird. It, that's the, the biggest problem that, that you see with 40K and why that environment, I would say, is so absolutely toxic is they don't keep up with codexes with the new rules edition. I mean... Where are we on now? 10th edition, 9th edition, whatever edition? 9th, yeah. 9th edition, yeah. Uh, did all the armies get their uh, codexes for 8th edition? Nope. Probably. No, I don't think any. I don't think that's happened in any edition they've ever done. Yeah, exactly. So I could be wrong. I'll, I could be wrong on that, but I don't think it's ever happened. So, so I mean, to me, that's a huge issue of, you know, we're going to, you know, constantly keep making changes but never actually get anything fully released before we have to change it because we don't do everything all at once. This is the problem that I have with power creep. And don't get me wrong, look, some people are huge fans of the ways that Games Workshop do business, and it does a lot of business for them. Um, but I would be of the argument that the power creep loses them a lot more business than it makes them because I don't know anybody, even the most fanboy of fanboys, that actually enjoy the power creep. Most of them find it really annoying that they then have to go out and buy stuff the next fortnight all over again. Um, as opposed to... No, I mean, it's not everybody else that does it differently, but most other companies, like Mantic... Yes, I mean, every company has game uh, have FAQs and stuff, but you don't have an army coming out from Mantic or Infinity or Bushido or Malifaux, etc., 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 that then breaks the entire game because nobody playtested it first. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Games Workshop is also the company that says that they don't sell games, they sell miniatures. So, that, that, that is a couple of years ago they said that, but I still think that's part of the problem. I think it's a huge part of the problem when, you know, they they, they constantly are releasing stuff uh, for the sake of releasing stuff and not actually finishing releasing something, if that makes sense. And for the record, I don't actually know if I mentioned this in the previous. I have a Games Workshop purchase recently. So this isn't just coming from Gur Anti... I still buy their stuff, just not all the time. Um, but yeah, it's just... I find it really frustrating. Every time that they do a new edition for 40k, I'm like, okay, looks like that they're gonna start doing things better, and they fall straight back into their 80s vibe again. Because I mean, this is an 80s business model that they continue to push, and 
Personally, I think that they would be killing the business, as in positively, like they would be making a lot more money if they were to stop doing this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, moving on to something I'm totally not going to rant about. There's something I already own, honestly. Um, Cursed City is back. So for the next two weeks, you can order Cursed City again because they're re-releasing it, but only for two weeks until later in the year in July or August or September or something where they do it for a third time. And when it comes out in August or September or whatever it is, this is fact, this is happening, um, then it's also going to have expansions as well. Um, personally, and I'm stealing this opinion from elsewhere because I agree with it, uh, I think the only reason that they're doing this as such a limited thing is to try and scare people into FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. People that are like, oh, no, I need to buy it now because otherwise I'll never have another chance, even though they've already announced that there will be another chance and probably a better chance. Uh, the big thing about this that is probably worth saying something about, though, is that it's exactly the same price that it was last time, um, which given that they are in the middle of a price hike for the rest of you, but not me, um, is something to be said. Well, to be fair, Games Workshop is always in the middle of a price hike, so... Well, yeah. Um, it's a fairly significant one at the moment, too. I don't think we actually touched on it, Socks, last time, because no, uh, it not. happened in between episodes, but it's kind of old news now. <clears throat> but for those that don't know, uh, everyone except for Australia, Japan, New Zealand, and there is someone else. And for those that have been following us for a long time, there should be fairly significant bells going off in your head as to why those countries are not the ones that are having their price hike. Considering because we're not the ones that are being being ripped off for about 15 years. I was, I was going to say, because you you've, you already have the biggest uh, margin increase over the actual product in any other uh, country. Japan or Japan has the biggest one. Right, but uh, right behind you, them is Australia and New Zealand. So Yeah, very big. But um, Cursed City is something that I brought... Open got really excited about, and then I have literally never touched it ever again. I have almost thrown this onto Facebook Marketplace a lot of times. Like, the minis are really great, but the game itself looks really... Look, games Workshop board games are Games Workshop board games, and I, like, there's very few of them. I mean, this looks fun, but it's kind of a bit janky. Um, I don't know. I think Games Workshop need to... I don't know. They, they need to do, give a new approach to how they do their board games. Um, they need some actual board game people in the company. Sounds like some, another company that I know. That uh, Fantasy Flight. They almost need some miniature people in the miniatures game. Well, game. That, that's, that's, not a, that's not a new argument. That's been a problem for a while. I mean, look, yeah. Games Workshop don't... Uh, games Workshop board games are a lot better than they were even, even only two years ago. Um, but there's a lot of ground that could be made up there. I think part of the problem of people buying your product just because it's your product is that you don't have a lot of reason to try to push things. You only ever have to make it look like you are. Uh, finally, though, it's actually been a fairly quiet couple of weeks from Games Workshop. I mean, there has been more than this. It's just not stuff that's been <laughs> worth talking about. Because um, a lot of their news at the moment is about Warhammer Plus, which is exciting. Um, we have some undead pirates coming out for Underworlds, which, honestly, I think these things look cool. I mean, they look really weird, but they look really cool. He's, like, got, I don't know, Frankenstein's bolts coming out of his arms. Frankenstein's yeah. monster's bolts. Yes, sorry, good point. Um, Get it right, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we're in the middle of Harrow Deep at the moment. So this is the fourth setting for the game. Um, I mean, Underworlds is probably, out of all of the new stuff that they've done, Underworlds has easily been the most successful. Warcry was a flash in the pan for about five seconds, and this can't. Well, it doesn't really seem like it picked back up again. Uh, I actually think that Warcry was the better game, but they just didn't really support it for very long. It was kind of just a, yep, this is a thing now, and just buy the thing, and occasionally there's a new book coming out. There is actually a new book that came out recently for it, but this so, one continues to go well. Here, here, here I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind a little bit um, now that we've talked about two kind of standalone-ish games from Games Workshop. Uh, yep. and, and don't get me wrong, you know, if the if the game's good and people like it, then the game's good and people like it. But how about you focus on, you know, the, the, the if you look at the banner on the top of their website, right? You got Age of Sigmar, you got Warhammer 40k, you got Middle Earth, right? Focus on those. You know, like the Warhammers. Focus on those. Get all your books released. Get your armies released. You know, and then when you're finally caught up on that, maybe to a board game. You know, I mean, I think part have- of the problem, and this is this is going to sound like a. I like a lot of the things that Games Workshop do, and I'm trying to preface that because what I'm about to say is I think part of the problem is a lot of their board games and their side games are only designed for one of two reasons: either. It's to distract their existing fan base and stop them from looking elsewhere. Because you can't look at other people's paint lines. Look, we've got one right here. You can't look at other people's paint brushes. Look, we've got one right here. It's all about distracting and not letting people look outside of the bubble. Because when most people look outside of the bubble, they don't come back. Yeah. Uh, and the other reason is they use a lot of these things to try to draw new people in. Because, I mean, look, look yeah, we have these really big games, but this one's really easy. It's a really easy way into the hobby. Yeah. yeah. No, for um, sure. As opposed to, um, as opposed to someone like Fantasy Flight that make a board game first and then put everything else around it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that uh, Fantasy Flight, I would argue, is probably not even the height of the industry. They just, I think, they're probably a good example of what we're saying. Yeah. Um, my the, my the problem from a tabletop hobby standpoint is the is it's about the business practice uh i mean the law is amazing the miniatures most of the time are amazing um but the problem is they don't they, they pick and choose when the game's the yeah. important part or they talk about the game being important and not actually do any work to it yeah i i, I think you know in the the realm of, of gaming that we're in right now you know you've got your you know uh uh, your your uh, TT Combat stuff. You got your Privateer Press. You've got your mm. uh, uh, Corvus Belly. You know, like Games Workshop is ar- arguably the biggest. You know, of those tabletop miniature games. Then you have Mythic. Then you have Awakened Realms. You have Simon. You have all these other companies where they do board games. Yeah, you know, I, not I, everything I, coming off Kickstarter is just a recycled hash. Some of the best the industry has comes off Kickstarter, even now. Like, oh, Kickstarter yeah. is old news. It's very old news at this stage, and you're still getting most of the best of the industry, board game-wise, coming out of Kickstarter. That and, really does say something. And, and, and all the Facebook groups I'm in for, for Warhammer and stuff like that, you know, just, all the new Warhammer players I see are, hey, I just dived into this. Where do I start? They haven't touched a board game. They haven't touched any of this other fluff stuff that GW does. They jump straight into the big two, Sigmar yeah. and 40K. Yeah. Which is where you get a lot of your burnout, I find. Yeah. So, I mean, 
here's a way to stop the burnout. Make those games better. Stop worrying about Curse City. Stop worrying about whatever else you're doing. Make those games better and let, you know, some of these companies over here do the fantastic board games that you can't even keep up and compete on. I mean, to be fair, I, I don't want to see them stop doing those things entirely. I just want their focus to be better than it. It feels very yeah. distracted. But part of what I feel is distraction might just be because they're trying to cover for the pandemic. But yeah. it, it feels like they're very distracted and got their hands in too many pies. Yeah. Is that the right saying? I don't know. Um, so, moving something on. Like that. Something like that. I think I think you're mostly right. TT uh, Combat? Did I just yeah, mention them? You did. You mentioned did everybody, they, though. Did, did they release that uh, 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 Rumble Slam set yet? <laughs> you're just going to mention this every podcast until Lewis tells you to be quiet, aren't you? So he tells me to be quiet, or they're like, "Fine, you know what? Here, here's, here we go. Here, here's we three middle aged white guys." We are never getting guys. minis made of ourselves, guys. It's never happening. All right. Um, okay. So these first four up the top, it's probably worth noting that none of these ones up the top are actually new. It's just these are minis that you can now buy individually that previously you had to buy as part of sets. Uh, which is in and of itself an exciting thing because you don't yeah. have to buy a full box set anymore. Uh, so it's only like six pounds instead of 20 something. Uh, but the one below it is the important one. So we've seen a few different releases for halflings now. This is their new one, which I is. Like the, I like the camel halflings. The camel riders. I was going to say, all of that sucks when you look at the cactus golems. Oh, the cactus golems are awesome. That's the first one I was going for. Yeah. The, the the one there on the left with like the bulbous head, that face is just so amazing. Yeah, I love everything about these guys. All three of those heads are awesome. But yes, the bulbous one is so creepy and I love it. I also kind of like the one where, where he's like being sly with the grin, the yellow one. Which yeah. is like, yes, come closer. I'm coming. I want to hug you. Come. I want to hug yeah, you. Exactly. Give me a big hug. Hugs. Hugs are awesome. Trust me. Uh, and yes, the camel riders are gorgeous. Like these things are just stunning. I, I like these might be some of the best. There's not really a lot of camel miniatures out well, there. Probably is, but not from big. Not from a big company. Um, these ones are gorgeous. I just love them. Uh, the little halfling rockets, nice and cute. This kind of coloring on their back. I mean, there's nothing about this that's going to, you know, completely backfire on them when it gets lit up and yeah. they explode. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, uh, no, I'm wrong because I'm not looking closely enough. The one that's carrying it up is putting it on the launcher. He's not waiting for it to be... Okay. No, he's not for a waiting. Moment, for a moment there, I thought time. there was two people holding it. <laughs> I was thinking, I think this is very goblin-y. Um, there's, there's some really nice stuff here. Uh, there's also a set of heroes that you can buy because these have been coming out over a period of two weeks. Um, I mean, you got your little warriors and your spearmen. Archers. And you can buy a full army. So it's probably worth noting that there's no actual rules to go with this. This is a generic army that you would be putting with something else. Uh, the big one that comes to mind for me would be Kings of War. Um, just because th that's the one that kind of makes a little bit of sense. Was I not paying attention when you said you can pick up a, the entire little kit of this for £100? I, I literally just said that there's a full army you can buy. I hadn't said the price yet. So, so £100? Yeah. Which, that, was it, that's not bad. That's no, pretty reasonable. Is, that's very reasonable. Um, They've done really, really well here. Those, yeah. Um, yeah, the half-links are cool. Uh, I think the cactus golems steal the show. 
Uh, great. Yeah, I love yeah. the Cactus Golem so much. Uh, yeah, sure. The rocket launchers are cool. The the chariots are cool. Camel Rider. But dude, Cactus Golems. Oh, it's it's such those... a cool concept that I've never seen anybody else do either. Because I mean, look, we get fun versions of other ideas lots of times. Yeah. But I've never heard of anybody talking. Like even in D and D, I've never heard somebody use a Cactus Golem. I mean. Every idea has always been done, but I've never heard of it personally. Mm-hmm. So if you're the DM out there and you've done it before, you don't need to come at me going, oh, well, I did this in 1973. Um, I'm just saying that I haven't heard of it before. I've definitely I, never seen a miniature of it before. Yeah, th- this is really cool. Um, I could maybe stand to see them just looking at the looking at them next to the halflings. I could stand to see them be a little bit bigger, yeah, like, like 25% bigger, you know, then it's like, you know, more Gollum-esque. You're going to have an issue of them fitting on the base at that point, though. Bigger base. Yeah, but I suspect that these base sizes are going to be taken straight out of the rulebook for Kings of War. I doubt that the size of the bases is accidental. Yeah. yeah. Because there's only a couple of games on the market where generic armies can work, and that's the popular one. Not that I'm saying they've released a product for Kings of War. I'm just saying it would be appropriate. Yeah. So I know we talked about the stats about these last last time, but George, what's your favorite? Scrolling down, looking at the uh, cutters, what's your favorite model of the cutter? Oh, just look, look wise. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. Let me get back to those cutters. Um, that's okay. Um, wow, those UCM ones look really good. Uh, yeah, I like the UCM ones as well. Look wise, I actually I'm gonna have to go with the UCM ones. That's just what we're be- kind of leaning towards. Yeah, so- it was UCM or Scourge? Uh, not Scourge. Um, I also like the Shatari ones. I like I mean, all of them, actually, but yeah. The, the it wasn't a very ones. clear... It wasn't just, like, Scourge wiping the floor of everybody for a change. Yeah. yeah. The, the PHR ones, like, did, you know, D- Dave limited the, the PHR because, you know, big sweeping holes. He kind of limited yeah. the, the army look, you know, when he started way back with, you know, Drop Zone Commander. Oh, uh, and he, had, he has done some phenomenal stuff, but, you know, it all starts to look the same after a bit, especially when you're doing uh, spaceships, you know, yeah, they're yeah. all going to start to look the I same. I can say that. Um, the Shaltari, again, that's in that same boat. Uh, you got, you know, 30,000 dots per ship. Um, <laughs> you've got Arcane Three of which pylons. George will paint. Yes. <laughs> uh, you have arcing pylons. You know the resistance. The resistance, I say, is probably the freshest thing, just because yeah. it could be you so different. Yeah, you got pre-conquest. You got stuff that's cobbled together. The scourge. I mean, the, you know, is the same boat. You know, but there's a lot more variety. But that UCM, God, that looks good with the yeah. the the asymmetrical look of it. Yeah, we, we we mentioned. I don't know if you saw heard the episode. We mentioned it. It looks like almost like a motorcycle with a sidecar, kind of a yeah. That that is yeah. a great analogy for it. Um, I was gonna say it was more like a uh, uh, like the Thai bomber or uh, what's the the Mon Calamari where it's like here's the cockpit and you got the uh, pylon coming down, the two wings come off, and B-wing. the pylon yeah the B wing where the, the the it's rotate. That's kind of what the oh, feet yeah. get from that. Yeah, I can see yeah. that too now. Yeah, I can. Yep, definitely, I can see that. So. Well, at this section of the news, I'm going to bring us back up close. Though I've done that a couple of times now, because I'm going to talk about something that I'm not allowed to show you, even though I know that you two have both seen what I'm talking about. Hi, oh, you, oh, you said bring us up close. So I was getting close. <laughs> was that close? Oh, so, uh, you were very close, George. I very much appreciate it. So we have some Bushido news. But it's not Bashida news that you're going to see in the episode today. Ha ha! Yep, because we have an exclusive reveal of a character that's coming out on the 7th. 
So at time of recording, it's going to be at midnight tonight that that will be revealed. Uh, that has come directly from Jason Enos of GCT Studios that's given us this. Um, it's coming from Wave 7, so this is also a very early release as well. We have been given this exclusively, and I keep on wanting to use the word exclusively, because, I don't know, it's a pop word, I guess. Um, so, look out for that. YouTube.com slash getting tabled. Look out for it. Um, both myself and Brother Bear discussed this. Brother Bear being the gentleman that's been working on the Bushido series with me. He helped organise this. Um, I have spoken with Mr. Enos personally. Um, he... Mr. Enos has seen the video that we've done on of it. They did not ask to see it. I chose to share it with them. I'm just making that clear. Uh, this is not a, well, if we're not happy type situation. It's a, no, no, we give you this. Um, and I shared it with them. And it's like, yep, that's pretty much exactly what we wanted. Because um, I I, because they were doing the, they were giving us a really good opportunity. So I was like, you know what? I want to actually make sure that they're happy with this before I send it out. Um, that's fair. I just I, I want to be seen as the person that's doing that, as opposed to the person that has to be told to do that. If that you, makes sense, you, you don't want to be Homer Homer Simpson, where he ruins his brother by uh, designing the world's most god awful expensive car. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, There's a throwback so, yes. for you too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's is that season one or two? I think that's season one, isn't it? Uh, that was season. I still didn't have a driver's license yet, so. <laughs> uh, it was very early. It was during the go it was during the golden seven seasons. Um, so yeah, look, this is a really big opportunity and the sort of thing that we've kind of been hoping that we can get into for a while. This is genuine exclusive news. So potentially everybody's going to be quoting us. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I should have high hopes for this being the one that goes viral or something. Um, as far as the characters concerned, I will say that I like it, but I won't say anything else because I'm a big nasty tease. And now we're going to move on and pretend that we weren't talking about it. What were we talking about? I don't know. Okay. Uh, there's some really good-looking samurai minis come. A couple of, well, about a month and a half ago now, we spoke about Fireforge in the Indies. as kind of like this. I mean, they've been around for a long time, but they're kind of one of these mini companies that, unless you know about them, you don't really notice them a lot. They're coming to Kickstarter with some samurai. And quite frankly, there's some really gorgeous samurai. This is all 28 mil stuff. Uh, they do have some 15 mil scale stuff coming as well, which is all very exciting. Um, but I really like this samurai. I mean, these are just digital sculpts at this stage. Uh, they still have that generic body feel, so all of the bodies are going to be the same, and then it's just swapping the arms back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's sort of like in the mass in the mass army stuff. It's kind of the way to do it. Well. It's either that or you go into the very expensive category and they clearly are aiming for a lower price point for their stuff. Uh, the horses, I still think they have some of the best looking horses out there at the moment. So, yeah, Fireforge has some really cool looking stuff coming out. Oh, the monks. I didn't see the monks. They're nice. There's monks. I didn't see the monks. I've just been going through the pictures and then skipping the one about the Royal Mail. Yeah, because... down the <laughs> yep. If you click on one of the pictures and then go left and right on your keypad, you can just scroll through them. Uh, if you keep on going, there is actually a 3D printed prototype shown off. I found dwarves. <laughs> I think I, I went too to. far. I went too far. I found dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dwarves are not part of the samurai army, I'm afraid. Oh, there's the monks. Uh... The only negative thing I'll say, I mean, I do like the monks, but the, the heads feel just a little bit too big. I'm it's probably It's the only negative thing I'll say. 
I I also the 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 other thing I'll say is you know I feel like they're wearing too much armor or there's too much visible armor. Mm. Well, they are warrior monks, so yeah, I, I get that. But you know, even in all the other, because let's be honest, unless this is like. I don't know what they're called because I have no interest in them because, you know, I don't like the... I'm not the biggest fan of reenactment miniature gaming. Yeah, which this is what I aim for. Yeah, this is not, you know... Your typical monks that you see. Yeah, yeah, I, that's... Yeah. yeah, it's it's not... They look fine. It's not, you know, what I would think of when I when I hear warrior monk. What, what uh, Fireforge do tend to go towards more the historical... Right. They do have fantasy stuff, as we saw when we looked at them, because well, uh, that's kind of what I was interested in. But they do mainly tend to do the historical stuff. I was going to say, when in history did we have dwarves? <laughs> Gee, it's almost like you completely didn't listen when I started the conversation by saying that they also have fantasy stuff. So there you go. Uh, Fireforge has some interesting stuff. It's coming to Kickstarter. So, I don't actually know if we know when yet, but when we find out, we find out, I suppose. Moving on to Parabellum. Hey, guys, if you click on the right thing, then it'll give you your proper prices for your local area. So I can uh, look at the Australian prices, and you can look at the everybody else prices. I already did that. That's yeah. nice. This is where I'm going to smile and pretend that I care, George. <laughs> Nobody cares <laughs> about George. Obviously, you don't. No. Hey, if you like <laughs> stuff from Parabellum, you should use the code GETTINGTABLED at checkout on their website. Gives you 10% off. Cheap plug over. Um, okay, so Old Dominion is an army that we have known has come has been coming for a while. This is kind of their version of the undead trope. We've known that for a while, but now we actually get to see some things. So I'm just going to start by opening up the one-player starter set because it kind of shows us everything. So the law the law behind these guys, it kind of feels a little bit Necron-y, sort of. Um, basically, these are old warriors that have been brought back to life um, to win back their original homeland. Uh, and some of them have been resurrected that many times that they don't really remember who they are anymore. They're just kind of broken, undead monsters. The leaders in the army still have a semblance of who they are and who they were, and they're very Roman-esque, so it's undead Romans. I would say Greek. Yeah. It's kind of a mix. It's kind of a mix between the two. The helmets, the the helmets the, are right. Those short, those shields are kind of a little bit of both. Yeah, the helmets are very. I mean, it's Roman. a fantasy setting. It doesn't matter, but yeah. Um, I, I will say. So I love the fact of the overuse of the oxidation. Yes, yeah. I will agree. Because let's be honest. Look at the the the, the paint and minis here. That oxidation technical paint is so overused, and on an army like this, it is perfect. Yeah, um, because you're not going to be cleaning this stuff. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who the painter is that's done this, but I 100% agree with you. Doesn't yeah. say. I mean, uh, I was, no, it doesn't say. I like the middle hero figure that has the, almost a gladiator mask style helmet with the wolf head or whatever that's on top of lion head, maybe with the the. Staff with the serpent on top. Really oh, that's like back that. on the original page. I'm like, I don't yeah, see back that on the original page. It's not, yeah, it's not part of the uh, starter kit. Yeah. Well, in the starter kit, seven. So I had that open. I'm just going to read this first. You have 24 legionnaires or Praetorian guard, so you can build one or the other. You've got 24 carries or Morai, you can build one or the other, and you've got one Archimandrite. Uh, and then you get all of the bases and so forth that come with it. So it's kind of a similar sort of size as what you would see with the other ones. 
Based on those um, names alone, the Legionnaires and the Praetorian Guard, that's very Romanesque. Not, yeah. Not Greek. Well, I wasn't just saying that because I yeah, decided that that's Based what on those armies, like. I didn't the, know that. miniature names from their, for their army. Yeah. Um, I have to agree with you. I'm going to stay Strategos. 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 Uh, I like that guy. He's, yep, he's, he might actually be my favourite too so far. Um, I like the fact that Parabellum continues, like, they take tropes, but they always do their own thing with those tropes. I really like that they do that. Um, because how many times can you see the undead done that are just undead? How many times can you see orcs done? But look, it's just orcs. Yeah. Um, look, look, these orcs have big armor. Yeah, but they're still just orcs. Yeah, um, I was, I was going to say I'm a big fan of the, uh, the Zilliarch character. Yeah, that one, I like yeah. that one too, with the, the Roman... I just, I, I just opened that one. helmet. Yeah, and he's kind of like, you, you can see where like half his face is just kind of falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So I think it's probably fair to say that the Old Dominion are going to be the new hotness at this stage, because that's always what seems to happen with these things. Um, especially if it's a game like Conquest that only have a few forces at this stage. This is number... Six. So it's not like it's one of 20 different forces that you could pick. Like, there's reasons that people will... I mean, people get excited anyway. But there, there's reasons to get excited when it's like, oh, finally, the faction I wanted. Uh, also, like, which is the reaction I had with the Orcs, which was like, oh, it was just so different that I had to buy it. Um, yes, if you like Parabellum, if you would like to buy stuff, use our code and help us, because that would be nice. Alrighty. Moving on. Moving on. To a company... Or moving backwards in time. A little bit of both. To about a year and a half ago when when I said that we should be getting more things like this. Um, There's a G.I. Joe board game coming out. Now, this is from a game company that I'd never heard of, but in hindsight have been aware that they've been making stuff for this property for a little while. Because these are the same guys that are doing the Transformers role-playing game that we talked about. Uh, they have the license to be doing all of that stuff. They also did that Power Rangers game that apparently is really good. Um, so these guys have actually been around for a little while, but just for some reason I haven't really noticed. Uh, but they also apparently have, you know, the same deck building game that everybody else has, but with Transformers and G.I. Joe. I mean, if you open up the video, yes, uh, then you actually get previews, not just of the box art, but later down the track we get views of some minis. About halfway through the video at about 1.15, you get a look of a Cobra Warrior, and the guy continues to talk, and then you get a full view of everything that comes in the box set. Uh, these guys look like they're around the 28mm scale, and the detail on these minis are absolutely stunning. No, that looks more like a 38 that that was what I was thinking. Maybe 38, 35, somewhere around in there. That, that if you next, to, next to his arm, I'd have to agree with you. I was yeah, looking at the big overarching one. Yeah, it's hard It's hard to tell on the big overarching, but once he puts it down and it's next to his arm, yeah, it looks Because it's more almost as big as his wrist is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's about like, that. Depending on how big his arm is, but he doesn't look like he has okay. tiny arms. So. If you go, like, right at... Oh, come on. 204, you can, you've got a shot of him holding it. Yeah, and it's... That looks like at least a good 38. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Yeah. So, which, I there, there's a point of, like, you know, like, some of the 20th stuff, it's like, oh, I have to paint this. And then it's like, you get to, like, some of the bigger stuff, like, oh, this is easier to paint because it's not so tiny. But then you get to the point of, like, oh, this is so huge. I have to really, like, paint this good because you can see everything. Mm. I, I, I think 38's a nice... 
happy medium on that. You mean making off something like this for Star no, Wars Legion? That's what airbrushes are for. I know, right? Yeah, you should pull your airbrush brush out of its box. Uh, if I can find it since the move. <laughs> no, you should find. You've been there long enough now. You should know where everything is. I should. Says the man that still has boxes that he hasn't unboxed after three years. Uh-huh. Um, hey, hey, to be fair, Thunderboy found like a lot of unopened, unassembled uh, Druffly Commander Pledge in his attic the other the other month. So well, I know where my uh, I I still have two boxes full of unassembled stuff from my pledge. So <laughs> I know of somebody that found an entire Eldar army last year. It's assembled. It a t- <laughs> it's assembled. <laughs> oh, that was so easy. It was so easy. He bit so nicely too. Um. Before I move on to the next subject, like, talking about the scale of this made me start to think about something. A couple of years ago, anything that ever hit the tabletop was 28 mil. 100%. Like, like just you didn't bother unless it was going to be 28 mil because nobody would look at it. But has anybody noticed how much more popular the larger scales have become recently? Well, I mean, it started with Marvel, but they're not the first ones to do it. Parabellum what? is about 38 as well. Board what games they- are all going in that direction. Yeah. Mm, depends on the game, I would say. Uh, yes. Like, my, yeah. Uh, I'll see because uh, De- uh, Massive Darkness Two is on its way. I'm guessing that's a 28 mil scale. Death May Die is a 20, 28 scale. Uh, Super Fantasy Brawl that's a 38 scale. Um, I, I like I said I like the 38 scale a little bit more because it gives you a little more meat to work with. Yeah. And so you're not sitting there. You know, working on eye strain, you know, while you're painting. And but if you're it's not... a skirmish-style game, it's not like it's... So the, big, the issue with having 40 mil stuff on a mass battle is that it takes up so much room. Yeah. But yeah. if you only have 10 to, 15 min- 10 to 15 minis, it doesn't actually change that much as far as the transport and everything's concerned. Yeah, and, and, and not, to, not to say, that, you know, suggest this or anything, but, you know, could you imagine how beautiful Bushido would look if it was on a 38 mil scale? You know how we keep on talking about how we want uh, drop squad? 38 Lewis, 38 mil. No, I agree. That way you can get that detail of those whatever... It's, not, a, it's not even just that. It also means that you stand out. Yeah. Although, if everybody's doing it, do you stand out? But there's so much 28 mil out there at the moment that yeah. maybe going in that direction might help a little bit. I mean, it also helps with Moolah, I guess. But yeah. yeah. Um, I really like the look of this. There is a preview thing where if you preview this within a certain window, uh, then you will get an exclusive mini of Snake Eyes that's kind of based on a couple of things from the comic and the artwork. And it comes in what looks like one of the retro boxes which I think is really cute. Um, it's either going to be something that you're excited by or you won't. I am genuinely curious about this game, though, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's... I will not be previewing it, but I am genuinely curious. Um, I might have to have a look to see what else they're doing. I'm definitely very tempted by their role-playing games. The big problem is, is that I don't know... Well, I don't know if I'd actually get anybody to play it with me. Uh, but... I also don't know which one. I'd, I don't know if I really want to role-play in Transformers as much as I love them. But there's definitely one of those properties I would love to do an RPG of. I just don't know what. So I'm going to date myself here, but did you see the fourth intellectual property they have at the top of the screen? Power Rangers. They have Power Rangers. They have G.I. Joe. They have Transformers. And Vampire Vamp- the Masquerade. Vampire the Masquerade, based off of, I'm guessing, 
White Wolf's Vampire the Masquerade, because what else would be Vampire the Masquerade unless it's actually Vampire the Masquerade? And I remember... That's an expandable card game. And I remember back in the day with uh, Jihad, which was based off of the White Wolf uh, Vampire the Masquerade. And yeah... Oh yeah, it is totally yeah. It's got the you've got the same clan clan stuff and everything. Um, yeah, who are these guys? Where have they been hiding? These guys also have a game for Altered Carbon. Uh, Dead Man Tell No Tales is a game that rings out to me, but I don't know why. I've definitely heard of that though. Um, they've got some fairly significant things, and obviously some things of their own as well. Scott Pilgrim, I can see here on the list. So yeah. Definitely want to be watching, I think. Yeah, no kidding. I don't know if it's so much that these guys have been hiding. I think that it's more that we just haven't realized, because there's at least four or five of those boxes that I've seen. Yeah, that's fair. I just never realized that they were all by the same company, even though they have a very similar art style. I've almost brought that Power Rangers game a couple of times. I haven't, but I almost did a couple of times. I I was in high school and Power Rangers first came out, and... It, for you know the age I was and everything, I was like, man, this show's a little campy. But God, it's fun to watch. Oh yeah, it was campy by design, though. Were you a Power Rangers person, sucks? No, but I remember growing up with friends that that watched it. George, when you were watching it, did, were you, were your thoughts this is just ripping off Voltron? Yes, absolutely. Which now that I know what I know, I find hilarious because Voltron wasn't even Voltron, but. Obviously, we didn't know that as kids. I was probably, like, I was just on the cusp of being too old for Power Rangers. But I still got into it in those fir- in the um, in the initial years, the Mighty Morphin years. Uh, and then when it moved off into whatever it was after that, I, that that's when I dropped away. But we're getting distracted. Wait, because wait. I want to show off some really cool-looking stuff for Wild West Exodus. What about so, Dystopian Wars? We'll get to that, but I want to start with Wild West Exodus. Oh, you're, you're starting at the bottom. Okay. I'm starting at the bottom because will... it's a sickle grav cav. So this is this is a flying version of their electronic bikes, basically. There's a version that is mounted, and there is a version that's controlled by a robot. So one of them is a drone. I love this so much. This is so cool. They do look cool. Uh, but yes, you do touch on the fact that there's also some stuff coming for Dystopian Wars. We're not going to so talk let's about be a good boy. Wild West Exodus terrain while we're down there? Uh, we already have. We mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, well, sorry. No, there is new stuff in that set, but we've seen this before. Well, we don't have to jump in too, too much to it, but I just want to point something out. So they have the Red Oak Town Set 1, and they've got all the little tiny thumbnails of the buildings and stuff. And then they took the time, just a little bit of time, to say compatible with, and they've listed other game systems, obviously in Wild West Exodus, but other game systems that you, to give you an idea of like what the scale actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. I, I, That's I, actually I do, a very good point. I like that little touch of, you know, you could use this where, oh my God, look, the cat house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cat house has it's been a lot of people's favorites, actually. Because it literally is shaped like a cat. I mean, it's it screams what it is without outright saying what it is. What, a brothel? <laughs> nope. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, look, it, it definitely, like, it's fairly obvious what it's trying to be. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is a great looking set. Um, I, I agree. Uh, I love the fact that there's a couple of wagons. Because mm-hmm. Wild West Town doesn't have wagons sitting around. Yep. Even, like... The, the tiny little one-story building, uh, Wyatt, the one that says that it's about Wyatt Earp, 
the sheriff's house. Oh, even that is gorgeous. And it's just a tiny little insignificant building that you're not going to look at. But it's just, there's so much detail there. Yeah. Yeah. The iron plating is a nice touch. All right, going back up to the top. So these are the mar- these are the March releases that we're looking at, just for the record. We've got an Enterprise Battlefleet coming, which is a giant airship carrier, drones, ships, the sort of sizes of the ones that we looked at. Uh, that's part of the Union, and that looks stunning. Uh, it gives you some pictures of the Dreadnought, can, the can, super carrier. Can we take a brief second and acknowledge that the, the fact of they created an enterprise. Yes, I agree. Good point. Yes. Yep. Because albeit, you know, you know, there's the HMS Enterprise, which is the star of the whole thing. But if you look at Star Trek, they're like, oh yeah, there's been all these enterprises. So much to the point of when they did the space shuttle, people were like, NASA, you have to name a space shuttle enterprise. And what did NASA do? They named one enterprise. The fact that this yeah. dystopian war, you know, they they, they, they to that mythology. They they named it a, a, a carrier enterprise. That's. <sighs> I don't mind the look of the Washington. That's actually I, I kind of like the um the mixture of the the steam with everything else. Mm-hmm. It does feel very US to me um, for obvious reasons because it is. There's no other country that ever did that that I know of. What the the, oh, the we, steam wheel boats? Oh, 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 oh! You're talking about that. I thought you were talking about how you know naming sh- uh, ships after presidents. No, I, I was literally commenting on how how the next one looked. Um, following that, we've got a couple of autonomous. So there's like a mech suit that seems to have guns for legs. Uh, going around in different poses. Looks like there's actually a couple of ways that you can go about this one, which is nice. They show off it in a couple of different poses. So, yeah, I quite like that. Uh, the one that I would be needing to look at is the Japanese Frontline Squad, because these guys would be adding to the force that I have and feel very similar to what I own. Uh, they're just slightly different. Uh, so that'll be to add to your existing force, uh, and the exam- they give you examples of what you can build up there, which is nice. Um, that the Cheetah Autonoma is still my favourite thing in the box. It's a one-piece mini, but it's just so cool. It's just a giant mechanical squid. So there we go. War Cradle have been busy again. Um, they always seem to be busy. Now I'm going to talk about a company that, generally speaking, I'm not a huge fan of, but they are releasing something that, without question, is absolutely stunning. Despite the fact that it's a five hundred dollar miniature, no, oh, I did not misspeak. It's a five hundred dollar miniature. Well, four hundred and twenty. Yeah. So we have an ancient red dragon. That's if you Bastards. include the wings, about four coke cans tall. This thing is huge. Uh, I think this might even be bigger. The what's um uh, what's the dragon from the Hobbit called? Smog. Smog. This actually looks bigger than Smog as far as a mini is concerned because it's all out and as yeah, opposed so to killed up. In the description it says it stands over 18 inches tall and a wingspan of almost 24 inches. So yeah, it's, it's massive. So that they've done this in scale quite clearly. Now, there's only a few people in the world that's ever going to buy this, but well, it does kind of make you go, okay, so is it still a miniature? Yes, it's still a miniature because still miniature. it's in scale. Yeah. So I, I think this will sell just for the one purpose of what's up in the top left hand corner of the webpage. D and D. Well, that's literally what it's for. Yes. Yeah. And, and and let's be honest, you know, D D has become a a rather you know much larger thing than you know even ten years ago. 
And I, I think you'll have quite a few people wanting up to, to buy this. The, the true diehard D- dungeon dungeon masters that want to have a nice ancient dragon for their their players. Yeah. Um, one thing I did just notice that I didn't originally is the wings are detachable, as is the tail. Now, obviously, that's how it will come stored in the box because there's no way that it would be coming assembled in the box. But hell, it sounds like box. they've des- that they. It sounds like they've designed this thing to be pulled back apart again, which is something that is clever. That's also the way that Reaper do their larger stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But even like Reaper's big dragons are not this pricey. Um, I actually, th- I'm very impressed by its scale, but so, at the on. price that they're selling it, I'm hoping that it comes pre-painted. Most likely, it will. Because I, I, the reason why I'm saying this is go to products in the little title or the little pull-down bars. Go to pre-painted minis. Uh, yeah, so it's, that's where it's expensive then. Yep, dragons. But I've seen firsthand in the, in the store down the street from me. Look on uh, third row, last one on the right, third row, Tiamat. I've seen this miniature, and it is huge. Interesting that Tiamat apparently is the same price. So, oh no, she is the, she is a little bit bigger. She's a little bit bigger. Not by not much, much, though. Not by much. She's shorter, but her wingspan is 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 much bigger. But yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, one of the local game stores I I have here in town actually has this one on the shelf. Yeah. So that's where your big price is coming from. Um, the reason I mentioned it is because if it wasn't painted, then it's not worth the price that they've charged. Yeah, I was gonna say Whiskers. It's gonna come pre-painted because that's Whiskers. You know, it's uh, no, actually not everything does anymore. A lot of oh, this really? stuff does. Yeah, yeah, no, but they do. Oh. They do also sell unpainted stuff, especially for D and D. It's probably worth noting that D like Whiskers when it comes to their pre-painted stuff can be a little bit hit or miss. Um, it's it's mostly okay now, as opposed to like ten years ago. You'd be not saying that. Um, but no, it, it still can be a little bit hit or miss, but there's not a lot that they can get wrong with a, a figure with three colors on it. I don't know. I mean, it's huge. I just, I don't know if it's worth $420 and seeing Tiamat makes me question that more because there's more work that went into that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more work that went into that. Actually. That's just my opinion. Last for the news. Heroes Infinite. So this is Raging Heroes we're discussing, uh, which have a Patreon that you can join. They also do it through their website with some really, really gorgeous 3D printing models. So this is just a video. This is teasing what is coming for March. And these are all things from the secret jungle. You've got very much Aztec-inspired type stuff. Uh, Mayan as well, but there's a lot of different things. Um, as you would probably expect from this sort of mythos, there is definitely some very revealing sculpts there. Nothing inappropriate. Uh, my favourite is easily the Itzalotl, the Black Soul Death Sorcerer, which is just like, it's a Saurian death priest looking thing. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I, I like the style that they do with their, um, minis, how they kind of make them, they use the the computer generator to pre-color them in a way that makes them look like they're statues, but they all look like they're porcelain. I really like this. Uh, I have not been backing these guys for quite a long time. Uh, I left a good six months ago um, just because I just, I wasn't using any of it. So what was the point? 
Um, but this is a month. It, like, if you want to be running a D&D campaign or if you want to build an army based around something like this, this would be the month to join it uh, because this stuff is absolutely insanely good. Uh, and as someone that was backing it for over 12 months, the quality is always very, very high. Uh, what scale is this stuff? Usually 28, but because it's 3D printing, you could boost it up and down if you wanted to. Because this stuff would just absolutely fit in in a Lizardman army for uh, Sigmar. Oh, yeah. Big time. That's really cool. Yeah. The moment I saw uh, this, holy I was like... Holy crap, the scenery at the end. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that temple piece. Yeah. That yeah. Looks... That's impressive as hell. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm a big, big fan of this. Uh, there's two different tiers. The $10 one just comes with the basics. Uh, the $14 one, which is the Overlord, comes with your mass troops as well. Um, so there's two different price points that you can buy in. So if you were doing it for like D&D or something, or just like a skirmish game, you'd probably go for the cheaper one. But if you wanted to build an actual proper full army, that's... Ooh, I'm accidentally showing ads. Uh, that's where you would go for the the other one. But otherwise, shall we discuss an indie? Indie. Definition. Independent. Type. Slang word. Jargon. Wasn't the 80s awesome? Uh, except for the fact that uh, that's when you were born, no. <laughs> Fine, I'll go home now. Oh wait, I'm already home. Screw you. You're already home. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> that is the joke. Alright, Te- crooked dice. Technically, I'm in my office. And in 28 days, this is my office. Yeah, but it's not 28 days yet. You'll have to learn to live with the fact that you don't live there yet. All right. Oh, my God. Crooked crooked Dice are a company that's been around for quite a while. And there's going to be a percentage of the audience that probably know exactly who Crooked Dice are and why we're looking at them. These guys have a couple of games, the most popular of which is probably 7TV, where the game is that you're acting out a TV show. I'm oversimplifying that, but that's essentially what the game is. And as part of that, what you're going to start seeing is a lot of definitely not this, definitely not that. Definitely Such not as, for example, if you if you just bring up miniatures, if you just click on the link that says miniatures, for example, then one of the first things, the third line down that you will see is called Abomination. And this is definitely not the villain from Thundercats. It's definitely not that. Uh, but, oh my goodness, it's definitely that. You can also get a set of adventurers that, by pure coincidence, might look like it's a wizard with a big hat and a dwarf and an elf. And for some reason, Aragorn is a barbarian. I I don't quite get why Aragorn is a barbarian. I mean, obviously, they're trying to change things up so that they're not just... Um, Can can we go down a little further and talk about how that's not uh, a V? Ah, you've seen the new stuff. Yeah, this is literally their newest releases. And when we're talking V, we're talking the original V, not the remake. Though I enjoyed the remake. Uh, I need to see the last few episodes before they cancel them. So there's actually quite a few V stuff that they've released. They've got the aliens themselves. Uh, they've also got the camera guy, which is the, the guy that reveals everything. They've got alternate heads so you can swap them out and make them look like they're alien selves. Um, yeah. Alien troopers. Allies. There's a giant insect ant queen that I really love. Somewhere amongst all of this, uh, there's a character that I'm going to call Dr. Watt because I don't remember what they call him, uh, but it's totally Dr. Who. And they've got different variations of Dr. Who that you can buy. Not as many as they used to have, though. 
They cancelled a few of them after somebody else did a Doctor Who game because they probably wanted to avoid some legal troubles. Uh, there's also Cylons from... Um, uh, Battlestar. Battlestar, thank you. There's also definitely not James Bond in a several di- several different places. To some extent, if you can think about something from the 70s and the 80s, and that's generally where most of this will be coming from, you will probably find it. Uh, I have just found... 100% the, the rest of the villains from Thundercats uh, under Beastman 2. Or this is the reason why I wanted to bring it up. There is under Best of Enemies, uh, which has Bond, and it looks like Daniel Craig, with uh, Blofeld, but it's the old original Blofeld. Oh, no, it's not Daniel Craig. It's um, um, Sean Connery. There's Planet of the Apes stuff, which is uh, stuff that you guys will have seen before because... Michelle shared it with me uh, when I was talking about how building up a full ape army would be kind of cool. Uh, what was you talking vehicles-wise? Yeah, was there a specific vehicle? Yeah, the Chrono Corvette does not look like a DeLorean. About oh, yeah. Seven rows down in the middle. Seven or eight rows down. On page three. On page three. Four Thank from you. the bottom. That's Four from, from the bottom. bottom. And when you click on it, you can actually model it to make it look like it actually has the flying wheels. It's just the wheels that are normal. Oh, nice. So, okay, yeah, no, that that's that's cool. Even further down, you got the Ghostbusters vehicle. Clearly, not Ghostbusters vehicle, but paranormal I actually, exterminators. I actually own their paranormal exterminators. Do I don't you? have, I don't have Ecto though. So yeah, this is kind of fun to see. Yeah, like I said, like because because the game works where like you're creating a TV show, it allows them the freedom to kind of do almost anything that they want um, because. Of course, that would be filmed in a TV studio. Um, you've got Cyborg, which is um, the Million Dollar Man and the Million Dollar Woman. And Divine Mortal, which is Xena. So they all have like cheesy names that kind of make you go, Ugh, really? But that's kind of one of the best things about it, is just seeing what they will name things. I'm still a huge fan of the The Ant Queen looks really cool. Paranormal. Oh, I love Ecto. Oh, it's an open top Ecto. Oh, no. Why is there an open-topped one, then? Weird. I did a search for Paranormal, and the first post I can see is from 2015, and it shows the original Ghostbusters next to Ecto-1, but it's an Ecto-1 with its top off. Weird. I'm guessing that somebody has just painted that up to go with the minis and not that it comes... Maybe I'm not looking at an actual miniature. Anyway, that's Crooked Dice. I would highly recommend spending a good 45 minutes just looking through everything but i do warn you you will end up spending money uh all of their stuff is metal uh it's all very much old time sculpts so it, it's was, there's a you, lot of nostalgia here did you see the beholders mm-hmm. no i did not see the beholders uh page five one two three four seven rows from the bottom so yeah faster from the top one two three four five rows oh, from they, the top they've got a cacodemon <laughs> Nice. You mean the the one with the really big cheesy grin? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I love him. He's cool. No, there's a, there's a lot of neat... Oh my god. Jeff Goldblum from The Fly. Failed experiments. It's totally what that has to be. You'd have to tell me just as I closed it, didn't you? Yeah, don't worry. It, it was the same page at the... Uh... What page number? Five. Page five. Past the uh, beholders. Oh! Failed exper... Oh, and you've got different setups that you can do as well. Yeah. You've got arms that you can swap and things. 
Oh, oh that's really clever. There's actually one that does look like there's one with a robot hand, there's one with a tentacle. Scroll down to the bottom and then because they're they're fem droids, not fembots. They're fem droids. Fem droids. <laughs> oh, oh wow. there's fe- fem droids too that that come out of the, the one of the more modern ones. Yeah. I tell you what, actually doing d- doing Austin Powers on the tabletop would be fun. Really dumb, but a lot of fun. Uh, that's like saying water's wet, Bruce. Yeah. All right. Can we Except just go some hobby? Stream blue crying paint. What have you been up to, George? Um, I just ordered paint. You've ordered paint, real yes. paint or miniature paint? Min- miniature paint. Okay, well that helps. Um, this is why have you ordered paint? Um. That unboxing I did of the really big guy who's in gold armor. Yeah. Do you remember that uh, candy paint that I showed you that was really high gloss and like gold? Ah, you're going to try it out. I'm going to try it out. And if it works, that's going to give me like no reason to not get like a a custody army to go around him and paint them in bright, shiny gold. Yeah, I could say that. Because uh, how, how ludicrous would that be to have, like, you know, sure, it's custody, so you only got, like, 12 miles on the table, but they're, like, shiny metal reflective. You just want to hang out with, with Henry Cavill. Um, no. I mean, ch- yeah, if I got a chance to hang out with him, I'd love to. Um, I mean, j- just the point of, you know, it's the hobby, you know, hang out with people do the hobby, you know? That's yeah. why we do the hobby. Uh, the, the oh, fact because that- that's his army of choice. This, this is true. Because it's the only army you can afford because you only need 12 models. Yep. Stocks, you, you have an ATST there. Yeah, I do. I'm assuming so, that's what you've been up to. Working on it because I got a uh, tournament coming up next weekend, so I'll be finishing up this. But then I've also been uh, Ooh. putting stripes on my stormtroopers for their squad marking. So I can, when I'm looking on the table and looking at four squads of stormtroopers, I can say, okay, that's that squad versus. I can talk good. You are sure? you going to are you going to leave them that brilliant white? Yes. Really? Okay. What other color would he paint the snow the snow stormtroopers? Uh take like a Nolan oil and uh water it down five to one That's with good. like a thinner or something like that so that you can just hit it with it and it would just barely hit the recesses to give it a little depth but not take away from the white. I'd probably go for a brown over the over the over the black personally. But yeah, watering it you will have to bring the white back up. But yeah. If you end up having time, that would be a good call. I've got some death troopers and some scout troopers that I got to finish up as well as part of my army. So I don't know. If I, I, so I thought that, that I so thought that George was going to try and tell you to paint them green or blue or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that's the direction I thought he was taking. That <laughs> you, you, you should paint them pink. They would look totally amazing as pink. Yeah, sure. You do. You do that, George. I, I think. I kind of just want to see the Star Wars fans skin crawl as they see that you've ruined yeah, their, right. their precious. <laughs> oh dear! Am I this is just this? water here, really. I mean, I'm... sure. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm more thinking of. Yeah, it's probably not a good line of question. Good line of joking to be going down, honestly. What about you, Bruce? What have you been up to? Hobby-wise, I haven't had a chance for a lot to be honest. I've been very busy. Um, the Bushido series has been kind of. Between that and Twitch, it's kind of been... I haven't had a lot of actual time to me. 
but in saying that, I was painting up some bot war the other night because uh, in a conversation with you, I mentioned that I want to redo them all entirely. Yep. Yep. Uh, that conversation did not make the podcast. Uh, but uh, I finally decided what I was going to do. They're now going to be more of a teal and orange, which I don't know if that's the idea I had at the time. I think I was still... Along the lines of, oh, I just need to redo them and I don't know what I'm going to do now. Throw, um, throw in a little bit of uh, white highlights and they look like the freaking Miami Dolphins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, they're giant insect robots, but sure, sure. They're, they're, they're Miami Dolphins. Sure, why not? It's a football I'm, I'm guessing that's an NFL team. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, their teals are, are an orange, a teal, or their colors are teal, orange, and a white. Yep. Okay. I do need to figure out what my third color is going to be. I don't actually know yet. I need to figure that out. So I have a suggestion for you. So back in the day when I was doing my um, Age of Sigmar Stormcast Patrols army, uh, I did purple and silver with green and gold. Sounds like a terrible set of color combinations, right? Mm -hmm. So I got these color combinations from, ready for this, a wedding planning website. Interesting. That is an interesting color scheme for a wedding. Would you like to know who else used that for their miniatures? Huh. Specifically, Elder miniatures. Who? You should have seen these pictures recently. They were in our chat. Oh, oh the Robin, Robin Williams, Williams' army was 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 around that. Maybe not exactly, but it was very close to that. Mm, what chat was that in? That was this chat, right? I don't remember. But otherwise, if you if you Google search Robin Williams Elder, you will eventually come across. Um, there's only like two or three pictures because after he passed, Zelda was trying to figure out what things were, and she was on Reddit trying to figure it out. Um, if you search for long enough, you'll find like 500 different million people trying to claim that they now own the army. Uh, I don't believe a single one of them. I find it very difficult to believe that Zelda would actually pass them on. I mean, she might have done, but I find it very hard to believe. But yeah, there's only a couple of pictures that still remain out there in the public now. One is uh, one is a Titan. No, they're both Titans. Uh, one is the Eldar Titan, and the other one is, I want to say, a Warhound? Whatever the smaller one is. But anyway, yeah, they also use that. So yeah, I, I've been painting up a bit of Bot War, I'm trying to get that done, given that I have kind of like five projects going at the same time at the moment. I'm just trying to just get stuff done. Uh, otherwise... I um, have been doing a bit of filming, and I have more filming to get done this week. Yes. There we are. Talk nerdy to me. All right. So we're going to talk about some Resisty today. The Resisty. Oh, I thought that would make you happy if I said it like that, George. Thank you. And... Oh, wait. No, I can't find it. Okay. The Resisty. Yes. My thing is all playing it. Oh, no, it's not. Okay, there we go. So, we're looking at the Resistance Troopers today, because from memory, it's the last of the Troopers that we haven't looked at. Uh So, we only have a couple of them, honestly. We've got the Resistance Fighters, which are the ones that I'm going to bring up now. And then, surprisingly enough, there's some Resistance Veterans. We're not going to go over their exotics, because we have some down below. Yep. So, Resistance Fighters have a move. They are 25 points, squad size of 2 to 4. They have two-inch move. There's no countermeasures. The armor is seven. They've got a damage of five. They've got an infantry of four plus. Uh, they take up one slot in the vehicle. They've got assault rifles. There's no move and fire. Front, side, and rear. Uh, range full is 36 inches. Range counted is nine. Uh, it's got five shots, three plus, three energy. Uh, special is alt one, reduced one. So the alt is if you want to have homemade RPGs. They've got zero inch move and fire. 
front side and rear again. Range full is 18, otherwise the counter is 6. 5 shots, 3 plus 6 energy. Uh, again, Alt 1. This one, however, has Focus 2, Limited 1, Penetrative, so Penetrative and Reduced 1. And then finally, we've got Knives and Pistols, which is their close quarters. Um, ironically, it still says 5 shots. Well, I guess it's and pistols, so that does make sense. Um, they've got no accuracy because it's close combat. And it's three energy, reduced one. So these are your standard bog standard trips. So, yeah. Yep. You want to go through those veterans? Sure. So you got your veterans, which are 40 points a piece, squad size two to four. You get one slot in the vehicle, uh, move of two inches, no countermeasures. Their armor is seven. They have five damage and then infantry three plus for their fortitude. And then they have two different weapon sets they can have. The first set they have is the assault rifles. With uh, zero move, or sorry, no, there is no move and fire value. Uh, front side rear, 36-inch uh, range full, 9-inch countered, 5 shots, 2 plus accuracy, 3 energy, reduced 1. And then their close quarters are some assault grenades. Uh, again, close quarters for both the ranges. Uh, 5 shots, 5 energy, alt 1, reduced 1. So I'm guessing alt 1. It sh should not be there, Lewis, uh, but correct us. And then optional weapons, they can have plasma rifles because um, these are resistance veterans, so they've been around fighting, so they've been scrounging up scourge weapons as they've been going around. Um, front side rear, no move and fire value. Uh, front side rear arc, 12-inch full, 12-inch countered, which is kind of nice. Five shots, two plus accuracy, three energy, focus three, and reduced one. And then they have machine pistols as their alternate uh, close quarters weapon. 15 shots, zero accuracy, two uh, energy, alt one, reduced three, so... Um, then they have some special rules at the start of the game before deployment. You can choose one special rule for all vet for all resistance veteran squads in your army to have. You can have scourge op occupation. These fighters take to the battle with the modified scourge plasma rifles salvaged from their foes. This squad replaces its assault rifle with plasma rifles. You can have marine force recon, specially trained UCM ally right alongside resistance forces. This squad gains machine pistols and the dodge plus five dodge five plus rule. Or you can have the Kellyan. Calium volunteers, which are iron disciplined soldiers who choose to continue serving long after their conscription is up. This squad automatically passes fortitude tests and gains resilient special rules. So three different ways of playing these guys, depending on how your force is made up. Um, I believe the Calium are only for the, oh, there's two different sides of the resistance you can, you can build. One that leans more towards the UCM, and then there's one that's more towards the, the guys that oppose the UCM coming back. Um, so I think that's what the Calium volunteers are more lean toward. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly the veterans are designed so that if I throw 20 dice, I might actually hit one thing. Um, yeah. No, the, the extra points here is clearly for your accuracy and your weapon <clears throat> options. Yep. It, it opens up a few things there. Um, in regards to the Alt-1 on the machine pistols, it's possible that that's replacing i think what that is is that's not replacing your assault rifle it's no because you're replacing yeah. okay never mind. i was thinking that maybe you just take one or the other but maybe you take both so that would be your cat uh-huh that would be my cat that's ah it's a bio titan <laughs> they just knocked over a bunch of my D&D miniatures on the floor. So, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Because my kids left it out. The cat or the minis? The minis. 
So, did you say we are covering or we're not covering the exotics? We can, because those would be considered troops, the ATV yep. riders and included. Oh, All right, the, George, the, the first George, one take that it was, to Berserker. Yeah, I, can, I can handle doing this one. Uh, Berserker assault troops, they have a move of 2 inches, CM of nothing, armor 6, damage 5, infantry 2+, special, bloodthirsty, and rare. Their weapons are vicious tools. Uh, MF and ARC are nothing. Uh, RF and RC are both uh, CQ. Uh, the show is 15. ACC is nothing. E is 4. Special is reduced 3. I love the fact that after all of these months, That's he still it. proves that he doesn't listen to a word that we say. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> But that's it. I'm I'm done. I, I've 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 covered the the you, you unit. Fulfilled your, your yeah. All right. I'll go into the free riders then. Uh, so they cost forty points. Squads are two to four. They will take up two positions in the vehicle. Uh, you've got twelve inch move. Countermeasures are E plus four. Uh, armor of eight. Damage of three. Infantry three plus. They have infiltrate three inches and resilient. They come with machine guns. So move and fire is 9 inches, front, side, and rear. Their full range is 24 inches. The counted is 12. They've got three shots, accuracy of 3+, energy 4, and reduced 1. Bikes. This unit loses its evasion countermeasures when a garrison, in addition, this unit may choose to retain its full MV distance when exiting a garrison, although cannot embark into a terrain into a terrain if it does so. So you can't do both, basically. It's not, one or the other. Not terrain, transport. Oh, sorry, yes. So you, you can leave the garrison, but you can't go back into a transport on the same turn. That, yep. that, that, that's fair. Bruce, you should know this as a guy who rides a bike. You don't, want it to you don't want to embark into terrain on a bike. Well, it's talking about leaving a garrison, which is terrain. Which is a building. You don't that's want to a go building. There. Yes. Leave her, leave it's a garrison. But don't drive into a tree. <laughs> that too. <laughs> You're not allowed to leave the garage and move into the trailer at the same turn. You need to wait a turn first. Sticky Mines. After completing a move action, pick one enemy unit that this action moved within one inches of. That unit is hit by a Sticky Mine. That unit suffers an automatic hit of an Energy 9 weapon. That's quite nasty. Mm -hmm. Risky, but nasty. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Automatic damage. You gotta love it. Uh, attack ATVs. Sucks. Yep. So these are 25 points apiece. Squads 3 to 6 size. Um, move is 9 inches. Uh, countermeasure of evasion plus 1. 9 armor, 3 damage. Infantry 3 plus. Resilient as well. Uh, they have the assault <laughs> grenade launchers, which is 6 inch move and fire. Front arc. 9 uh, range full. Nine, uh, 6 inch countered range. Three shots, two plus accuracy, five energy, alt one, focus two, and reduced one. And then it has incendiary grenades, six inch move and fire, front arc, six inch range full, six inch range counter, six shots, three plus accuracy, three energy, alt one, flame, and a reduced one. And then because this one has wheels, it cannot enter garrisons at all. So no, 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 no garage for that one. No going into buildings. Well, it would be wider than the actual doorway, so yeah, that that makes sense. Yes. So uh, there's our resistance. This we're going to talk about sappers down in the scouts and the scout ATVs. George, read the sappers. Okay, the sappers. Uh, go away. No, we're not finished yet. The attack ATVs. Yeah, there we go. No, right? Sappers. Sappers. 
Oh, Sapper's all the way down there. There we go. Got yeah, it. Yeah, the one that I said the name of three times. Shush. Uh, Sappers, uh, 35 points, squad size 2. They have a move of 2 inches, countermeasure nothing. Uh, armor 7, damage 3, infantry of 5 plus, special infantry, infiltrate 18 inches, and rare. Uh, weapons, you have trigger demo IED. That's a move and fire of nothing. Arc is front side rear. Ranges are infinity. Uh, one shot, ACC of 4 plus, energy of 11. Special is Devastator 4 Scenery. Then you have Knives and Pistols. They can move and stab people with those. Uh, front side, rear, uh, close combat for the range. Uh, three attacks, uh, nothing for the ACC. Energy of three, reduced one. Cluster IED. When an enemy squad enters a garrison, this squad is in. Roll 2d6. The enemy squad takes that much damage distributed the same way as close quarter weapons. Passive and dodge saves may be used against this damage. If a double is rolled, the explosion was a bit too powerful. Damage dealt is normal, but one unit from the squad is then removed as a casualty, controlling player's choice. I really like that, actually. Yeah, kind of nice. I also love that uh, you took what I said as a challenge and actually did listen. But then failed on, at the accuracy. <laughs> no, well done, George. Thank you. And lastly, <laughs> uh, the Scout ATVs. So 40 points, squad of 2 to 4. They take two slots. Move of 9, countermeasures E1. Uh, armor 9, damage 3, infantry 3 plus resilient. They also have the wheels rule, so they cannot enter garrisons. Enhanced targeting array. Enly friendly. Sorry. Any friendly indirect weapon targeting a unit within line of sight of one or more of these with this special rule receives a minus one to its accuracy. So these exist to help you hit things, basically. With artillery. Uh, yeah. Disruptor array. Once per activation, pick an enemy vehicle or infantry squad with at least one unit in line of sight within 18 inches of this, vehicle, of this unit. The squad suffers a plus two penalty on its accuracy until the end of the round. Uh, multiple units in this squad may affect multiple enemy units, but each squad may only be affected by this rule once. So you're screwing with their weapons, but helping with your own. Sounds pretty scouty to me. Pretty much. Yeah. And that's it for our game talk. So, upcoming events. demos, conventions, you know, that kind of stuff. I know you told me what that is, but I don't remember. But it doesn't matter right now. Tournaments, demos, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, okay. So, we've got a couple of competitions going on in the drop community. So, Drop Zone Commander have... Wait, hang on. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah, Drop Zone Commander have a kit bash competition going. So, you get to kind of kit bash and make your own version of something. Uh, it can be a new pattern of an existing unit or a brand new creation of your own choice. Uh, kit bashers must use a minimum of fifty percent, sorry, a minimum of fifty-one percent drop zone models. The rest of your kit bash can be pieces from other models, plasticard, sculpting puddly, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. However, three D printing is not permitted on the contest, which is understandable, I suppose. Um, so at this time. Previous contest winners will actually form a panel of judges as opposed to the community voting. Uh, they're trying something different to try and mix it up a little bit uh, because, well, the community votes haven't always been helpful. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, there's some TT Combat prizes, as always. Turbo Dork is actually surprising them. Uh, is actually supporting it as well. And there's a 10% discount voucher from Green Stuff World for anyone who enters. In order to in order to qualify for that, you will need to finish what you enter with. Um, if previous competitions are anything to go by. But seeing as we're talking about drop, there's also a competition for drop fleet. Is so, it the same thing? No. Nope. no. Oh. No, you've got a mission writing competition for drop fleet. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, this is the sort of thing that I'm terrible at, so I'm not going to be. Well, I wouldn't have the time to enter anyway. Uh, but so you can create a narrative or a competitive scenario for drop fleet. Use the standard layout, a cool name, a short story, number of players, etc. You know the drill. I thought we were talking about a mission, not a drill. What are we talking about tools for, Michelle? Um, so, to enter, you need to comment with your choice of narrative or competitive. They will share a template of things to make your life easier. You submit your scenario before the deadline of the 16th of April. The previous one was the 1st of April. Uh, and again, they're going to have a panel of judges. So Chris Vassar and Michelle will be the judges for that. Uh, they will be scoring entries on three categories. Originality, playability, and creativity. If there's a tie, then we will hold a public vote. That makes sense, given that there's only two of them. Uh -huh. uh, and again, same supporters as the previous one. So, yeah, some nice fun stuff there for the community. Uh, Poldercon is coming up on the 1st of May. You can book demo tables for four rounds. Sorry, book a demo table of four rounds. Michelle's part of the organisation for this one, so that's why we kind of get early news about this coming up. Uh, it is going to be a little smaller because of the pandemic. Uh, currently, there's 12 games that can be tried out. Some of them are new, some of them are up and coming, and some of them are in development. Others are well known. So, Donnybrook, High Octane, Rumble Slam, Squad Leader, The Floating Temple, Kings of War Armada, Blood and Valor, Burrows and Badgers. You spelt Badgers wrong, Michelle. Uh, Black Seas, It's Me, Napoleon. I, I kind of love that game already just from the name of it. Open Combat and The Drowned Earth. Uh, there's definitely some big names there to try out. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, Drowned Earth is going to really be trying to push ahead this year and get some some of that so it doesn't surprise me that they're featuring because they've made a point of actually trying to get their name out there a little bit more than what they have been uh cost of a day ticket including your lunch is 30 euro we've also got the world model expo coming up from the first to the third of july we've talked about this one before tickets are now on sale though it takes place at the nh eidenhoven conference center in konigshof veldhoven netherlands and Michelle still hasn't told me off, so I still assume that I'm saying it right. Mm -hmm. uh, Gen Con, August 4th till 7th. Tickets are on sale. And I think that's it. George, read our social stuff, because it's your turn. Is it my turn? Uh-huh. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash gettingtabled. Uh, it's $2 a month to support us. That goes to doing all the stuff on the back end, uh, storage online, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, of course, you'll find most of our stuff, like 99.9999% of our postings, happen on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash gettingtabled. Um, YouTube, we, we have our own little YouTube, www.youtube.com slash gettingtabled. Uh, please subscribe and help us reach 1,000 by our two-year anniversary. That would be absolutely amazing three year yeah no. it's been three year for a while uh, that's that's okay i forgot how old i actually was this year so um 
<laughs> I was like, wait, no, I'm yeah. old. I'm older than that. Um, we, we so three years. Again, we started this again when you said I was hoteling myself in the desert for my year. Oh. You say that you, it's not our fault that you live in eight-star hotels all of your life. <laughs> Uh, if you need to reach out to us, set us anything, questions, comments, concerns, uh, you can do that at gettingtabled at gmail.com. We have Instagram and Twitter at gettingtabled. And our website for now is still gettingtabled.weebly.com. Uh, if we can oh, get then, our Patreon numbers up, I would love to move across to a .com if we can sometime soon. And, and just like, yeah. Um, and then there's this Twitch for uh, Twitch TV, uh, twitch.tv slash Jason the Bruce. Yep, Who's this guy? which is literally me. Oh, it is there. I thought I forgot to put that on there. It's, it's on. It's on the next page. Scroll, yeah, I saw. Scroll down more. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, anything else for the the people who uh, s- subject themselves to us on a weekly basis? Or thank you very basis? much. Thank you very much for sub- subjecting yourself to George, uh, and thank you very much for appreciating the greatness that is Magisox. That's and right. I, I'm here sometimes too. And otherwise, play the thing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. Oh, games. So you. Oh, wait. I need to do this. There.